Ladies and gentlemen, for your safety, I must advise you that what you are about to hear, what you are about to experience, has never been tried before. This is Circle 3, Episode 1. What's up? What's up? What's up? Yo, yo. The inaugural Circle episode in of Circle 3. Chris Kearns. How you doing, Brandon? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, brother. Doing good, man. Got an ace this week. Tuesday Sanction League. I saw that 281. One. Yeah, 281 feet with a little underground crystal buzz. I saw that money come in. What's up, everyone in the chat? Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Circle 3 uh, with myself, Brandon Timney. And uh, on this side of me, the absolutely handsome Chris Kearns wearing that Discraft Macbeth and Pierce Collectors group. Show them the first run. Show them the first run. Show them the first Ooh. run. Oof. There you go. <laughs> How you doing tonight, Chris? I'm good, man. I'm amped. I'm super pumped, you know, with, with our new branding on the uh, podcast and with our guest tonight. It's going to be a good time. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great. And uh, I know someone else that's doing great. And uh, you guys are used to hearing this guy's voice, but maybe not seeing his face. And tonight and uh, going forward on Circle three multiple meetings in the multiple meetings in the name our third amigo mr paul blair what's up paul what's up, like to have paul? paul that's hot that's a little custom piece <laughs> a custom piece paul i do not hear you you may be muted fantastic intro <laughs> there we go yeah new branding same old brandon new uh, how's it going everyone yeah, I'm Good the buddy. guy on the mic. Uh, I know how these things work. So circle three, guys. So uh, we ran a name contest. Unfortunately, we didn't pick any of your names. <laughs> they were good. There were some valiant efforts, but uh, we were trying to think outside the box. And I thinking thinking outside the box led to thinking outside the circle. Outside is the circle, cheesy that as that <laughs> is, and. Uh, yeah, we came up with Circle 3, and uh, we're super excited. We're excited to bring this to you. We've got our sponsors, Sweet Spot Disc Golf, Wolfpack Discs. Thank you so much to them uh, for being title sponsors of Circle 3. And this week, we've got our feature sponsor, OTB. Only the best discs, only the best people at OTB. Uh, I've bought more discs than I can count from those guys. So has this guy below us, Paul Blair. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, if uh, if Danny doesn't have kids to put through college, he should consider it because I think now he can. <laughs> I think I've actually bought four or five discs. I need to buy more, but um, yeah, I bought four discs today. I traded a bunch. <laughs> yeah, I I bought a couple discs off OTB today too. So uh, we we love OTB and thank you guys so much for sponsoring this week. And we've got some amazing amazing guests this week and uh without further ado i think what we're gonna do is we're gonna introduce those guests for you so uh here's a little intro and uh we can't wait to bring them on in just a second
Hey guys, I'm Ezra, and I'm super excited to finally announce my sponsor for the upcoming seasons. I have signed a two-year contract with Discraft, and uh, I'm also super honored and thankful to be part of the Elite team, which is uh, just crazy, and I'm just super excited to prove myself and continue to push my game to the next level. Uh, for the disc that I have chosen to be my two-year series disc, I have chosen a Nuke. Obviously, if you guys have seen me play in tournaments or just in YouTube videos, you know that a, a nuke has been my go-to distance driver for a long time. And uh, so this is what they are going to look like. Uh, we will be doing a, a giveaway, kind of in celebration. So we'll be giving six of these signed nukes away. So definitely wait to the end of the video to uh, find out some details on that. And also stay tuned uh, in the next week or so, uh, there will be a couple more videos dropping on how you can uh, actually pick up one of these for yourself. So stay tuned. Without further ado, our guest in the center of the screen, Mr. Ezra Aderhold. What is up, Ezra? How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on. And I thought we Thanks were going to have Thanks for coming on, brother. Thought we were going to have Danny with us. But... No, we do. He's there. If you look, he said he wanted this to be more about Ezra and a little bit less about OTB and way less about himself. So that's we set it up that way. Oh, there's Danny down there. Let's bring him into. Let's bring him more into focus. There he Danny. is. <laughs> What's up, Danny? What's Corbin? up, guys? What's good? Everything's good, man. We got you guys here. We got the first official episode of Circle Three. We'll get the vibe back up. Get those tunes back up. You guys can hear that a little bit in the headphones. And we're just gonna chill. We're gonna hang out. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk to you, Ezra. We're gonna talk to you, Danny, and uh, hopefully get to know you guys a little better. We've got some fun questions for you. We've got a chat rocking right now with how many people are in this chat? Uh, 26 viewers in the chat. And uh, that's just going to build as the night grows. So uh, first off, Ezra, Danny, thank you guys so much for being with us tonight. And uh, yeah, I guess the first thing we want to know is after welcoming you, a little bit of background. So Ezra, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself first and then Danny. And then we'd love to know like, how did you guys link up? How did that connection between you, Ezra, and OTB come to be at the start? And uh, take it away, guys. It's all you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I grew up kind of in a, in a small town back in South Dakota, and um, sports were, were kind of a big part of my childhood growing up all from, from like age nine, basically, all through high school. Um, I didn't really start getting too serious with disc golf until I was actually out of high school. Um, you know, I was, I was more focused on golf in high school. And then changes into one into disc golf, and uh, and then start taking it like seriously on a professional level just a few years ago. So, and then now I'm here. That's what taking it by storm too. <laughs> a few yeah. years ago, <laughs> sounds like my good buddy from uh, up here who you've probably run into a couple times as Mr. Thomas Gilbert. Uh, I'm lucky oh, yeah. enough to get to play some rounds with him uh, when he's at home. We played around with each other. Uh, I think early spring or maybe kind of late last year, and uh, it was the same thing with him. I remember three years ago when he was skipping high school classes to come down to the park to practice throwing frisbees. <laughs> nice. That's sick. How do, you, how do you feel like, uh, kind of a side one, I, how do you feel, you know, playing golf helped you transition into disc golf? I think it helped a lot. I think there was a lot of 
um, a lot of things that can carry over. Obviously, the, I think the mental game is a big, big one that can carry over. I think um, just like decision making on, on the course helps a lot. I think the way I built my game is kind of the same as I built my game in, in golf. I kind of realized in golf that I needed to have a good technique in order to, to hit the ball further and straight on and more consistent. So I think I was able to carry a lot of those kind of fundamentals over onto disc golf and just kind of keep the same principles the same and then just apply it to disc golf. So I think it, it definitely helped out um, a lot in that sense. It does and seem actually, like I most could... of your shots carry over pretty much anything in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they go OB, sometimes they don't. I don't know. <laughs> oh, goodness. Danny, what about you, yeah. sir? So tell us a little bit about yourself. Everyone knows about OTB. Not everyone knows about Danny Corbett. We'd, we'd love to know more. How did you get your start in disc golf? What made you want to start one of the most recognizable disc golf shops in all of the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm California, born and raised. Was was born down in San Diego area, SoCal. Uh, moved up to NorCal early on. Uh, I got lucky, man. I started playing when I was probably seven or eight. My dad uh, played since the '70s or '80s, and so kind of just brought me out to the course, and and I, you know, like most of us, fell in love instantly, and haven't stopped playing since that was probably 94 and then i think 2000s was when we started to play some tournaments uh regionally was lucky enough to play in a few of the worlds growing up playing in some of the am worlds even up in uh, london ontario for 2003 yeah. junior world that's where i met uh kim and and even uh, sexton too um and then went to went to college in Santa Cruz, got to play some day law, uh, graduated then with uh, business management and was doing my own thing, doing uh, bookkeeping and accounting and had some local clients. And then it was 2014. I decided to just see what could happen with the with the disc golf retail game started real local, just wanted to bring out a bunch of discs to local tournaments and start to set up script. So instead of just getting handed a big stack of plastic, you could actually choose what you want. The selection kind of built and built. Uh, 2016, we launched the website. 2018, we opened up a store, hired first employee, uh, and then it's just kind of taken off from there. Last year was was nuts, obviously, with the explosion of, of disc golf, and it's grown, and now we're up to uh, you know, nine or ten person crew given any given day, but it, it's it's been a blast. Yeah, I saw a lot of the pictures of you guys moving into your new warehouse, especially when you guys were sharing those at the beginning. And what was that like, man? Moving because you guys were really similar to a company I used to support here in Canada. I think in the beginning, Top Link Disc Golf, where they're running out of their house, they took over the entire main floor of Ryan's house. So, what was it like for you transitioning out of that kind of running stuff out of the house into having a warehouse space yeah so it's funny we actually moved from one house to another house almost so it was in my house my wife and i and i took up one full room then i took up two full rooms then i'm spilling into the garage then it's in the family room i was basically everywhere but the kitchen and our bedroom and we finally found a spot in 2018 which was a lawyer's office before us and I think architects before them, but it was really just like a 50s era house. 
Um, so we were, we basically moved from one house to another and it was, I think we had maybe 1500 feet of working space, but it was in these different like bedrooms essentially. Uh, and yeah, now we got a little bit of elbow room going into like a probably 4,500 square foot warehouse and we section it off the front half is, uh, you know, open for, for retail and that's where we've got everything online back half is kind of offices in one main big work area and then a, a podcast studio lots of love and for then, you in the chat Danny and then one day you, you looked out your front door and as I heard it you saw a guy sleeping in his Prius you went outside and what happened next man that's that's essentially what happened just about <laughs> you guys are rock star um, yeah so honestly it's it's I, I told people this a lot it's a hundred percent props to uh, Nate Perkins there for giving us the heads up on, you know, the potential that he saw in Ezra. He goes, there's this dude in South Dakota just slinging him. Um, he said, if you're looking for anyone else, because we had just signed Perks. Uh, he said, if you're looking for anyone else that's that's on the rise, uh, hit up Ezra. And that was during a long, like, three-hour podcast with him. Um, and, yeah, so it was like the next day or two, reached out to easy and you know we we made something happen and we've been trying to you know show him love ever since and dude he's he's killing it he's done way more for us than than we've done for him and we'll keep trying to tip those scales that's not true (laughs) so that's been awesome so Ezra when you got when Danny reached out to you were you looking for a sponsor at that time was there something you were looking at in sponsorship um and I guess it's a kind of great segue into our next topic because we want to talk to you guys both about sponsorship. As were you, what were you looking for in a sponsor? What are the things you were looking for out of someone to support you? And then Danny, vice versa, what do you look for in a player that you're looking to support kind of going forward? So maybe Ezra, we'll start with you. I'd love to know that on your side. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the time, I wasn't necessarily looking for a sponsor, but I also wasn't um, like closed off to the idea of it. I knew that since I was, you know, pretty unknown and I hadn't really established myself as a good player or anything on social media yet, I knew everything was just kind of based on um, potential that um, I wouldn't be able to get like a super good deal from a manufacturer probably. And so I kind of figured at that point that um, if I wasn't going to get something that would help me stay on the road really and just kind of get like free discs from a manufacturer, I wouldn't be wealth trading to one company um, at that time. And then so OTB made a lot of sense. I could I could throw everything and then. They, you know, obviously with Nate Balkins vouching for them, um, it made it made a lot of sense in that in that aspect. And then, um, obviously, at the end of last season, uh, signing with Discraft, signing with an actual manufacturer, made a lot more sense. And uh, all the pieces just kind of fell in place. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been a great it's been a great ride so far. Very, very so a lot of a lot of players, uh, you know, they, with the progression we often see with players coming into the sport, <clears throat> they, they take the first sponsor they can get, which, okay, with OTB you yeah. did, but, but you took a sponsor that let you keep your own bag and didn't give you a bus. Uh, so what do you, how do you feel like that compares? What, what was your experience then being able to step up and, and have had the experiences you had and be able to you know, go out and crush a couple of eagles in front of people that might not have been able to do the same thing on a certain hole 17. Uh, do you feel like, like, did you feel like the king of the mountain? Because the disc golf press, such as it was, kind of saw you that way. What was that process like? Did you have every manufacturer coming to you or, or just all of them? Uh, yeah. um, I'd actually gotten reached out. I mean, there were, there were a little bit of talks, I think, before 
um, even going with OTB um, back in, what was it, a year and a half ago also. And uh, I just felt like at the time it wasn't worth it for either, either you know, party involved. And so it just didn't make anything happen. And then, um, I mean, obviously the last season, um, I think maybe all or most of the main manufacturers were definitely interested. And then it came down to just kind of what I thought would be the best fit for me and what, what the best long-term decision was. And I think that's what Dishcraft made the most sense. I felt like um, we both have similar goals and similar drive. And same as OTB, I think we're all trying to push um, ourselves and each other kind of to, to just as, as, as far as we can go and just disc golf in general. And so I think that's where everything kind of fit into place. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a good, it's been a good partnership so far. If you need some good uh, trash talk for Bob, let me know. I got you covered. He he, he seems to enjoy it, so definitely I'd love to <laughs> yeah. take some. I'm your guy. <laughs> nice. So da- yeah, Danny, I'll take it too. You? Yeah. What about you, <laughs> yeah. Danny? So you, I saw you guys posting today. You were posting in your Instagram story about some new sponsorships and stuff. So what are you looking for in a player when you're looking to sponsor someone and kind of bring them forward and give them a platform? Yeah, there's there's three main facets that that we look at. Obviously, the the caliber of your play on the course is going to play into it. Um, and as much as people might think that that's the the top tier, it's really not. And then the social media is another aspect of it too, and just kind of the reach that you're able to to get. But most important for us is just signing on good humans, guys and girls that are going to represent the brand well. And that we just have full faith that we're supporting people that that have the right mindset out there. Thousand rated people. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we our local club we sponsor. It's nowhere near your guys' scale, but it's the same mentality. There's people that will ask us how to get on the team, and we actually don't even have an application. We just kind of we'll meet as a council from time to time. And it's for us, it's all just local players. Like who's coming to league early to help out or who's coming to tournaments early to help, you know, and not necessarily looking to be in the spotlight, just who's there to be supportive and, and help other new disc golfers. I mean, it's the ambassador thing, you know, for us, you know, like I'm on the underground team, which is the JV squad, (laughs) but um, you know, it's all the time. Like, just helping the new, whether it's a new collector, new tournament player, someone sending you a PM with a video like, hey, can you look at this? I don't want to go on the form check page and get shredded, you know, <laughs> just just kind of helping usher this influx of all these new people we have in the sport we love. Yeah, that's huge. Just, just donating time to the sport, essentially. I think just about every local TD, we end up you know, sponsoring. And it's just something where you're giving back to the sport. We're in a position to be able to give something to you. You know, we're going to, we're going to try and do that. It's, and it's so much easier to figure out who to sponsor locally because you, you get to know the person and you have, you know, a a good idea of of who they are. So guys and girls that we're sponsoring locally was super easy and it's been hard to figure out who to sponsor on you know, a more national level, but still kind of amateur, where it's easy enough for us to figure out some of the, you know, bigger pros that we want to sponsor because you can see them. They're more visible, whether it's social media or, you know, the GK skins match or just being on coverage, you get some idea of who they are. 
but uh, you know, we get we get requests all the time from from different people over the country, like, hey, do you sponsor AMS? And it's something that that I really want to get better at having a good answer for, because it's a valid question, and we'd love to be able to figure out all the different people that you know are are deserving of those sponsorships. But one, it's a little overwhelming the request, and two, it's just hard to get to know somebody, uh, you know, just over the phone or just online or really just browsing a profile. That's awesome. Yeah, the relationship part is tricky. Just you can check the feedback page. <laughs> that, that's true too, and that's a good spot. Uh, so, I think one thing people love about playing disc golf is those memorable moments. For me, like seeing myself actually throw a hyzer flip for the first time maybe one of my most memorable moments in disc golf seeing that disc flip up start to move right just so cool getting an ace so i want to hear about your most memorable disc golf moment so far as we're going to go to you first danny i want to hear not your most favorite favorite uh it doesn't have to be your favorite disc golf moment it could be disc golf playing it could be your most favorite moment with otv but at easy, we're going to go to you first, buddy. So, so far, what is your favorite moment in disco? Um, there's been a lot of good ones, obviously. So it's kind of hard to choose. Um, I'll, I'll, the one, one of the ones that comes to mind is winning Clash of the Canyons. That was kind of my false, like big all event win with, with a lot of good competition. Um, to, to finish the final round, watch well, like 1096 and kind of have that feeling of, of almost shooting like a perfect round, basically. Um, that was really, that was really something, you know, and, and Nico kind of gave me a hug afterwards and, uh, that was, that was pretty special. So that, Nico? that one comes to mind. Nico. Yeah. Nico yeah. LaCastro hugged another human. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a, he's a nice guy. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> I know he is. I like playing with him. Danny, hey, I played, oh, I played Delwood and that course almost broke me. And I actually watched your coverage of that round that you played. Respect, dude. That was that was a great performance because that that course destroyed me. My yeah, favorite. Ezra, I don't know if you know this. Um, you're pretty good. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty inconsistent, <laughs> is what I would say. My well, we actually were, we were talking about this. Uh, what if we had OTB put together a tournament that was only two rounds? Hey, that'd be good <laughs> this season. I'd be I'd be doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah, no, I, I laugh series. every time. I laugh every time I see someone online be like, "Oh yeah, you know, Ezra's great at Vegas because he can bomb." Ezra's great, and then my favorite thing is every time I'm on those threads, someone will drop the Dalwood video and they'll be like, "Yeah, 1096, bro, in the woods." What <laughs> you know about that? <laughs> oh goodness, trees Danny, don't what, matter when you can just throw through them. What about you, Mr. Corbett? What's your favorite disc golf moment? Uh, for me, it's it's the road trips, whether it's it's with my old man or I've done some nice ones with my mom. She doesn't play. It's just it's traveling with the homies. I love competing. I love throwing as we all do. But I think that those those trips with everybody is is the stuff that I really look forward to and the stuff that I really look back on. Danny, I'm sorry, but I've checked the answer sheet here and the correct answer was signing Ezra Aderholt. <laughs> oh yeah obviously obviously yeah but but second to that yeah what, what's uh, your favorite road trip destination if you're going you're taking four-day weekend rolling with some homies to play what's the trip uh i mean santa cruz is always fun i love glen eagles in san francisco but i think it would probably be going up to brick trails in willis california 
That course is probably the most beautiful course that I've ever been at, with the exception of maybe the one on Hawaii and Maui. But uh, that that place is amazing. There's lots of fun stuff to do around. There's some other courses around there that are great. I don't know, three, four hours, plenty of time to uh, for shenanigans on the road. Nice. That's awesome. Well, that is our first segment wrapped up. We got two more segments with these amazing guys. We're going to take our first sponsor break, and uh, we will be right back on Circle Three. Gather round, children. I, Ganfrof, will tell you a tale of the times before. Of a legendary place, the sweetest spot in all the land, where circles of plastic would appear glowing from our screens, and with the ritual of the cart, they would appear days later at our doors. The richest colors, the finest discs, and the kindest people. Oh, it truly was a sweet spot for disc golf. Some say this place still exists. It's vault sealed, the treasures glittering inside, awaiting the great prophecy of Tuesday and Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And that comes again. I hope you will be there. Sweet Spot Disc Golf. So good, our advertising department writes fan fiction about us. We are back with Circle 3, Ezra Aderhold, Danny Corbett, Paul Blair, and your hosts, Brandon Timney and Chris Kearns. And uh, we're going to move right into the good, the bad, and have a good time. We want to talk some tops, some some of your favorite things, some of your least favorite things in disc golf, and uh, just talk a little bit about you and Ezra, your brand, and kind of your, your messaging, and kind of... What you want to bring forward so i guess the first question we have for you guys is let's talk courses so we're talking about delwood we were talking about you smashing it ezra what is your favorite maybe if you can give us your top three we won't make you do one top three courses you've ever played okay um yeah i think i think close to the top is is got to be toboggan in in michigan that's definitely one of my favorites i love the elevation change and the, the Ability to kind of let loose and just then just whip shots. I love that course. Um, and then I would say Fox Run is probably up there too. Um, up in GMC the, in Vermont, that that location is just amazing. It's like one of the, maybe my favorite destination in disc golf with that course and uh, Smuggles Not Smuggles Notch uh, right next to it. Two of the best courses uh, in the country that I've played. Um, and then I'll maybe say USDGC. I, I like just the, the the whole feel of that tournament. Um, yeah, so I think I'll go with those three. There's definitely a lot of good ones. I like Jones Grow a lot. Um, those, those, the one we're playing this weekend, even Belton in, in Texas, is is really good. Um, but those are the three that I'll go with for now. All right. I, I personally, I love toboggan, and I'm fortunate enough that I live about 35 minutes from that course. Nice. So wow. it uh, last year when COVID came in, and they in Michigan, they started pulling baskets from the actual courses, but they still had the, um, the rubber fly mats toboggan. So we were bringing a skill shot and just playing the toboggan since all the other courses were shut down. (laughs) Nice. That's sick. Least favorite courses, Ezra. What are the courses that you're just like, nah, I'm not, I'm not waking up to play that. It's supposed to rain later. 
No chance. Oh boy. Um, I don't know if I can say any specific one. I I, I don't like qualses that are kind of, are kind of janky. If that was just weird ob, well, if that was like if it's like wooded to the point where there's not really gaps to hit, it's just kind of poke and pray. Um, those are the those are the qualses I don't like. Um, I'm not going to say anything specific because I don't, you know, some people probably like those pulses, so I'm not going to say specific Honey, pulses. But he's talking about hole 15 at Waco again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, they'll just, you know, oh, well, they're not some muted. Sorry, that guys. I, yeah. So I, I just I like I like feral pulses in general. So if it, if I feel like it's not a feral pulse, um, obviously everyone's playing the same pulse, so it's fair on that sense. But um, I don't want to throw the exact same shot twice and have a completely different result. Goals like that makes sense Absolutely. yeah makes total sense and danny what about you what's your what's your favorite course to play you said road trip in it's a big thing for you yeah. so where's that number one road trip course um man again it's hard to go against Baylaw. i think my favorite right now in california is still probably glen eagles i don't get to play it much anymore um but, and, and they're not going to be using it for SFO, which is moving to our backyard. So bittersweet there. We're, we're stoked to, to have it. Um, but Glen Eagles, because I'm going to get beat up every time. It's a battle, you know, especially if you're if you're only throwing, you know, 400, 450, and you're not bombing them seven plus like Ezra over there. Um, it's a course that's going to eat your lunch. Uh, so I, I really like that one. Uh, Kansas City going there in 2003 Worlds uh, Waterworks was one of the most fun I think that I've played and I didn't really appreciate it at the time but looking back it was a it was a good challenge I'm in for any course that is just going to beat me up I want a challenge I want you know every birdie to be to be a struggle and if if everybody's coming in over par on a fun but you know, fair course, then, then that's, that's my style. Wicked. I absolutely love that. What about you, Paul? What's, uh, what's your favorite kind of course to play at? You're, you're in like the, the Oregon area. There's some amazing courses there. Yeah. I like the indoor ones this time of year. Um, <laughs> of which there's pretty much just my garage, uh, which is a single, it's a single basket course. Uh, it's still a par three somehow. Um, <laughs> But yeah, generally speaking, outdoor courses right now are uh, you know an exercise in British weather and mud boots. Um, not not super recommended. It gets beautiful here the rest of the year, starting in about two weeks. Um, or you can always go over to Bend, where it's nice all the time. Jerks. Oh goodness. So one question I have is: everyone asks me about disc golf all the time, Ezra. I'm sure. What are your passions outside of disc golf? Do you still play a little bit of ball golf? What do you like to do in the, I'm sure limited, which is why we appreciate you coming out so much tonight. What do you do in that downtime? I saw you post a hell of a score and you said with your offhand bowling <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't really do a whole lot of like, you know, fun things outside of disc golf or like social media um, while lifting. Those are kind of the, the main things that I do. Just really, really disc golf oriented, I guess. Um, but yeah, we went bowling last night, I think, and we went, it was Yuli Bailey and, uh, Tristan Tanon. So Tristan was bowling with his left hand. So Yuli and I just, we used our left hands as well, just to, to kind of even the playing field. And I think I, I bowled about what I would bowl with a right hand. So I, I don't even know if it's my offhand for bowling. It's probably, probably about the same. 
you know. Um, but I do, I like ball golfing as well. We actually went ball golfing all, all this week for a YouTube video. So stay tuned for that. That should be fun. Um, right. But yeah, I, I kind of try to limit my limit my uh, passions, I guess, outside of disc golf to try to try to be as focused on that as I can be. Kind of boring, but you know, that's, that's the way it is. No, that's a it's a great answer. I know the guy. The guy sitting here living the life that most of our viewers w wish he could. They they could have <laughs> saying it's boring. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not it's not boring that I don't have a whole lot of other things that I do aside from this golf. All those boring four hundred foot par threes oh. that you get burgers on every time. <laughs> Fine, whatever. So it's just how much he loves it, man. Someone Free in the chat discs just everywhere. Says, Ezra lifts. <laughs> yeah that that's what that's one of the things that's definitely a passion of mine um obviously i think that feeds into disc golf and, and makes me a better disc golfer so that is, that is one of the things that I, I definitely enjoy and i feel like i feel like lifting is almost more important for my mind than it is for my body um i feel like when i go to the gym it just kind of it's, it's like a stretch relief almost and it just kind of gets me in a, in a good place so i like it for that but I do think you set a great example on the, the nutrition and fitness side. I mean, I think last year is when I personally noticed a lot more people starting to tune into Disc Golf Strong um, and start focusing on, you know, sports nutrition. And that's coming more and more into our sport like others. And I, yeah. I really do. I think you're a great example. Um, you know, it sounds like it's something that's just natural for you that you're already passionate about. It, it helps you, like you said, with, you know, mentally and physically. But um you know i appreciate seeing that cool yeah i think i think you know as the sport grows it'll just kind of become more important to find that, that little extra piece that can kind of push you to the next level in the game and give you an edge on the competition and i feel like nutrition and fitness can kind of be one of those pieces um i feel i feel like if you look at other sports you know the ones that are more well established they have have kind of already implemented that in 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 some way and so i think this golf is just going to kind of catch up and uh, I, it's it's really cool to see more and more people taking it seriously and and spreading good examples. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see you know fitness and diet continue to kind of make strides in disc golf. That's awesome. Oh, well, thank you, thank you for helping with that. I think it's a good segue to Paul. Paul, you you had some nutrition nutrition questions for Mr. Ezra Aderhold as a fellow vegan. Nice. Okay, well, I do have, actually have a sponsor-related question, vegan to vegan. Uh, the Elite series, the, the like the Elite High Welcome Ezra, the ones we just saw in that video, super disc, obviously, obviously. You love it, everybody loves it. Everybody that doesn't have one in a year is going to be kicking themselves. And that stamp, I mean, it looks like a mushroom cloud, but we all know it's broccoli, right? <laughs> did you uh, Did you feel attacked at all when the... When the follow-up stamp, the, the guy who is, and I know we're not going to talk a lot about beans because we're trying to keep you off that brand, but do you feel a little attacked when they put a gas mask on your main disc? I, that's the big Z stamp. I think it looks sick. I mean, I don't know. I agree, it does. It's you know, it's like it's, it's, the nuclear, it's the nuclear hazmat suit, so I like it. We Excellent. love it. Your, your Tour Series disc, this look, year looks sick. Ezra, I've got a personal question about that Tour Series disc. I'm yeah. an avid hard foil collector. And your disc is one of the only ones I've seen. Most of the foils are like flat, matte colors. Have you seen any like crazy, sparkly, glittery foils? Or Danny, have you on the on the nukes yet this year? None of them, just flat colors, Danny? I see Danny yeah. shaking his head, yeah. 
I've seen some cool ones from the from the like the false well, the the initial oh, release yeah. with cloud. But I don't I, I yeah, maybe I think I feel like I've only seen only black and white of the like a hazmat, like the two L C O Z ones. I've got some nasty, nasty elite team yeah. ones with some crazy stamps on on those ones. They're beautiful, but oh that's that's sick kerns, yeah. So yeah, no, that's... I love the jelly bean foil. And this, I think if I hit like a hundred more trees, I'll be able to throw this one straight. But it's a definitely a, it's a pot top. It's a beefy one. Oh, that's what, that's a good one. That's what you want. Yeah. This has saved me in some nice windy, when I can't throw, I like to throw a GMC nuke, the SP swirls like 2017. Nice. But when there's a little more wind or I need a for sure hyzer, this is the perfect one. There we go. It's perfect. So Ezra, on, you on your you posted a, a great video of, I don't know, half a lifetime ago, it feels like probably the pandemic and all, but about what you eat on tour, which I mean, obviously that's probably changed a bit, what with backstage organics and natural grocers are, uh, are hooking you up these days, right? But yeah. um, how, how would you say, like, do you get a lot of questions about that on tour from the other pros? Is it just sort of a, you know, they look at you and they can't, they can't say anything, which is fair. I mean, look at both of us, right? But... Uh, um. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely get, I definitely get some questions. It's most, it's, it's, I guess questions I get are mostly more about fitness than diet. I think, I think people generally maybe underestimate how important diet is. Um, obviously, walking out, you're not going to grow muscle if you don't, if you don't actually go to the gym and, and walk out and lift weights. Um, but I do get, I definitely do get um, diet, Take some diet questions, um, which is really cool that people are interested in the way I eat if I'm trying to. Uh, eat healthier um, but yeah with, with the new sponsor backstage organics and natural groceries it's been it's been really cool to be able to implement some some different things into my diet and, and some more healthy kind of some more healthy foods um, I've been eating smoothies and salads a lot which is really great I think just to get just to get all those extra nutrients into my body that's fantastic any any standout favorites any new staples I mean because last we heard from you in that video it was about four things uh, which I mean again I think people underestimate yeah. the the importance of consistency and and you know eating what your body needs and if you find it stick with it but what's new on the menu yeah i mean it's, it's mostly i'm still eating a lot of a lot of you know a lot of tacos um, a lot of mexican food um but i, I it's the salads and the and the smoothies are the main thing just to get more fruits and vegetables uh into my body so um that's been really good as far as you know some of the, the favorites that i've found through backstage organics i really like the uh the once again nut butters they've got little they've got jaws that i get to use for you know if i if i do have a you know like a peanut butter sandwich or something like that or if i want to put that in my smoothie that's great they've also got little packs little packets um that you can just squeeze out and just eat take on the go those are really good um i really like the uh purely elizabeth vanilla that's that's fantastic as well put that on my smoothies um that's been that's been great too highly recommend trying this stuff out and what about on the course? Do you uh, do you pack stuff for mid round? Do you eat a little bit between like how how do you keep going, or is it just you just power through? Yeah, um, I mean, you know, snacking definitely helps keep the energy high, especially on a long round and those those holdups and backups and and uh, if it's hot out, you need to stay energized. So a lot of the backstage organic stuff can help with that. Those once again things I talked about. Well, purely Elizabeth has has balls as well. Um, there's a lot of other brands too, so I'm not going to probably uh, think of them all. Um, organic Food Ball has some really good, some super healthy uh, food balls that are great. You just slip, you know, stick in the bag and, uh, and pull them out during the round as well. That's awesome. Food is fuel, folks. Eat some good stuff. 
So Ezra, something I know is super important to you, aside from your nutrition, is your faith. And uh, I have a good friend uh, from Canada, Mr. Mark Oxer, who I think you know through Eagle's Wings uh, Disc Golf, who actually told us about you early on. He was like, you guys at Top Lane should try to like see if this Ezra guy wants some wants some sponsorship when, when you're up and coming. And, uh, and I just want to know, we were talking a lot, Kearns and I, about handling adversity, whether it's in real life on the course, whether it's on social media. How does your faith help you with that? And how does kind of your your moral compass and the things that are important to you kind of help you dictate the way you make your brand and, and show people who Ezra is. Yeah. Yeah. I think it definitely helps, you know, kind of keep me on the right path and keep me try to, you know, try to keep me focused on what's important at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, if I, if I play bad, it's always nice to know that God is, is there for me and tries, you know, wants what's best for me. Even if, even if playing bad might be the way it is, which can be really frustrating at times thinking that maybe my bad round is what is what is best for me. Um, but there is confidence that I can gain from that and um, and just trust. And uh, so it's definitely definitely something that's been important to me. Just, you know, I grew up um, in a Christian home and so I've been able to carry that with me. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, definitely a really, really important part of, uh, of who I am, I guess. Yeah, I know it's, it's, it's crazy. I'm actually, I'm a pastor's kid, so I grew okay. up with everyone expecting Ooh. oh yeah right <laughs> expecting so so much so much and uh and but it's it's the same it's just that 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 belief in that kind of community and I've seen that a lot in in disc golf a lot of people I've met and got to know really well kind of have that kind of common thread through the disc golf community uh so I think that's really cool and I I appreciate you saying that what about you Danny so handling adversity for you may be a little different as one of the biggest retailers when it comes to disc golf how do you handle adversity when it comes to things like big drops that people can't get what they're looking for and your site's crashing i lost stuff from my cart how how do you let that stuff kind of slide off your shoulders and 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 deal with that and kind of just plug in away uh two things first and foremost we've got we've got a great crew i've got a i've got a great team behind me um and then second is anytime something like that happens with the site i just try to spin it as a positive and it's a chance for us to flex our customer service muscles um you know everything we were talking before we went live that every site goes down whether it's you know jordan nike or Paul's messing up with his, you know, main employer, whatever it hey might now. be. Every every site's gonna go down at some point and there's going to be struggles. There's gonna be times we mess up. We try to limit how often that happens, but when it happens, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do everything we can to make it right and treat people the right way. And I think every person in here wants to thank OTB for the 60 minute cart. I think that is Bar none, just the best thing in disc golf retail, um, especially when you've got awesome friends that will just pick stuff up for you and be like, I got this for you. It's in my cart. Just pay me for it. I know you wanted this disc. And I love how the site works. And I like how if someone drops it from their cart, it just goes back into the pool and someone else can pick it yeah. back up. It's it's just such a great way for for people to get what they want. And it's so frustrating to get stuff bought out of your cart. So we appreciate that we yeah. see people say it's, they appreciate it's, that it's, in the chat 
Yeah, no doubt. There's there's no perfect system. We like this one better than anything else we've tried. Everyone hates when stuff gets purchased out of your cart. Um, it's still not quite perfect yet because if two people are clicking add to cart at the same time, it's going to give somebody potentially a you know a false positive reading that that it got in their cart and then they're going to go to their cart and see that it's not there. Or there's the rare occasion where somebody can't check out because it says it's not in their cart. So it's not perfect, but it's it's close and it's getting there. And at least once you go to your cart and you see it's there, you know you're solid for you know you know you're solid for that 60 minutes. Some people are saying it's a little too long too. Like, come on, give them like 15 minutes to check out. I want that stuff to drop. I don't want to have to keep refreshing the page, you know, for the full 60 minutes. So. We'll keep tweaking it, but it's something that we really liked from from any of the sites that we had purchased. So we figured out a way to to make it happen on our site, and it's definitely a feature that that people appreciate. All right, now you know we like to kind of just end the pod, the last big segment, just kind of a fun roundtable with some Q and A. Maybe get a little awkward, maybe get a little weird, but uh, you know, it's one great thing is with disc golf. You, we still have such great accessibility to uh, pros and some of our fine retailers and business owners like Danny. So, um, you know, it's, it's kind of neat that we get to be able to do this. So um, I know Sean's going to be lining up some fan questions for us, but we've all kind of just asked some silly fun questions. And Danny and Ezra, you guys feel free to fire some questions at us too if you want to get a little question revenge or try to make us feel awkward. I welcome that challenge. Good luck making me feel awkward. But uh, anyways, Paul, do you want to kick it off? I know you were, you're, Ezra, I'll say if, if okay. Paul ever wants to meet up with you, like bring someone along, maybe have a witness just because it might get weird. I don't right. know. <laughs> he <good>. likes you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, I was going to say my superpowers, I feel awkward all the time. But after that intro, uh, it turns out, nope, there's another level to it. Um, okay. So here's a scenario. Everything's terrible. It's raining. Somehow, your RV's on fire. You have to play. No choice. It's the final round of, I don't know, make something up. Something important. But, you know, with your drive, it's every round's important. It's round three. The RV's on fire. Bob says, you can grab three discs out of any teammate's bag. What three discs do you pick? you got to play the whole round with them. And uh, let's say it's toboggan. Wow. Not my bag? No, your bag's on fire. Nope. Okay. All, yep. all your discs are melted. It's a terrible day. Let's not dwell on that, though. We got a round to play. Are you right. discs on fire too? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he got out first. All the raptors have melted. <laughs> um, let's see here. You know, I'll grab, I'll grab, I'll grab a tool series nuke out of Ben Calloway's bag. I know he's throwing those, so I know how those fly. I'll grab one of those. Um, I will grab. An ESP. I'll, I'll grab a Z Raptor out of Yuli's bag. That was my go-to fairway. And then the puddle, the putting puddle is difficult because I think I'm maybe the only one who has the puddles that I use since they were like a test, like test puddle. Um, but I'll go with Macbeth's puddles. He got some, some, he got some Lunas in the fuels plastic, I believe, and those those felt pretty good. So I'll go with those. I'll go with one of those, I guess. Those are the make moves, aren't they? Possibly, possibly. <clears throat> if if you want to rep the yeah, JV the JV so. team I'm on, you can buy borrow one of my underground lunas. <laughs> nice, nice. There we go. 
Yeah, because you'll be there with your bag, right, Chris? Yeah. Every time you say every time you say JV Kearns, it makes me think of Mighty Ducks in like D two when they go away to that prep school, and it's like the varsity team versus the like junior varsity team, and yeah, Adam Banks gets drafted up to varsity. And they use liquid nitrogen to freeze all their jerseys and shatter them. So I just got really deep into Mighty Ducks. I love that movie. Anyways, <laughs> watch. Oh, well, he's from Ducks. Canada, so you know. Yeah, makes hockey, sense. hockey, <laughs> hockey, right? <laughs> all right, more discs. So what? What? What is the? What is your favorite? Your favorite? Not popular discraft disc you've thrown so far Ezra so like a, a mold not everyone has in their bag and if you talk about that test putter again I... <laughs> um <laughs> let's see I think I I think I'll say the meteor I'm not sure if that is even an unpopular disc anymore I know Brody's been throwing it a lot so I feel like a lot of people have been trying that disc out but I think I'll have to stick with that um yeah I'm gonna have to say the meteor I think that makes sense. It's uh, better for arms weaker than yours. It's a sick disc. Willie's it's a great mid. Point. Yeah. You could you could throw nice finesse shots with that. Was it that's a uh, Vanessa's uh, tour series disc, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. As a vegan, nice. though, can you can you really throw a disc that's meteor? <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> Danny, what's your dark horse disc? What's what's that one that? a lot of people aren't throwing that you love um oh you know what i know exactly what it is it's uh the baobab from agl it's yes. an insanely overstable like putter mid hybrid it, people are probably more familiar with the stego from reptilian it has that same top um it's my just dumb instant hyzer get out of trouble disc it's something that i can launch on a forehand and it'll go 112 feet, you know? It's just instantly getting to the ground. So that's probably my my random disc that's in the bag. That disc nice. is so overstable that if you hold it flat and drop it, it'll still land on its left side. It might, it might, that's real. It'll fly, it's another one kind of like the tilt, honestly, that will, far, uh, will fly farther upside down than it will right side up. Yeah, so yeah, one thing I love about, about um, one thing I love about Haley and Paige signing with Discraft is this disc used to be heavily underrated, but the Z Stalker is a yep. staple in my bag, and now it's way easier to get them because these were almost OOP at one point. But yeah, that's that's my fairway buzz. I like to say. I was surprised Haley switched to the Heat this year because I thought the Stalker was a great choice. And the Heat's a good choice too. But the the Stalker's money, and like you're saying, it kind of brought a little bit of a spotlight to uh, a mold that was underutilized by the masses. Yeah, definitely. I love the Heat too, actually. The Heat's a great disc. I'm glad that she, she picked that up for a tour series so they would be ample. Um, all right. So let's see, Danny. Oh, Danny, you and your beautiful hat with the cool leather patch. You got a funny Ezra story for us. 
Oh, man. I don't know how funny of a story I might have. I will say I gave him some some flack after uh, Vegas. I think after each round, I was messaging him. And so after his his first round where you were, I think, 10 down and probably like 1070, 1080 rated, it's like basically send him a text like, oh, you think you're hot stuff? Huh? Like you think you think you're good at this? <laughs> And then sure enough, you know, he follows it up with a, you know, an even better round that he maybe got robbed by an algorithm of being 1100. Um, <laughs> and it's like, so you think you're good? You actually think you're, you're going to be good at this? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, after, after his third round where he was giving himself a hard time and kind of down on himself is like, dude, you give me Ezra chase card at the end of a course and like, it's going down, uh, you know, and then sure enough, he has another good round and it's like, dude, settle. And, you know, you're you're not that good at this. Let's let's be real. <laughs> We're gonna get to some courses soon that you're just you're not even gonna be able to handle. So just slow it down a little bit if you could, huh, bud? I nice. enjoyed those texts. Yeah, it was fun how you bounced right back into it after the false round too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. If you if you're up, I'm gonna bring you down. If you're down, we're gonna try to lift you right back up. I can appreciate that. <laughs> All right. So, so maybe have a bad. But and, and this isn't an. Yeah, yeah. This isn't All an time. embarrassing Ezra story, but it's something that impressed me when we first met Ezra and he rolled through and we got him on the team, uh, is that when it's like, hey, what can we do for you? And it wasn't, hey, let me get some free merch or, you know, if I could get some, some cash for gas money or for tournament entry fees, is props to, props to you, Ezra, for having the, the foresight uh, and seeing down the road. And he just wanted exposure. He just wanted his name to be able to get out there more and more. And I thought that was such a great long-term mindset. And I can't fault anybody for having the short-term mindset of like, help me just get to the next tournament and get some discs in my bag. It was, uh, it's, it was such a long-term game plan. And, you know, I, I kind of knew then that, that you were going places. That's nice. All right. Well, let's, let's flip the script. Ezra. Do you have a, a, a pretty good or a fun Danny story? Oh, boy. Um, I don't know. We haven't really, we haven't really hung out in Pulse as much as I'd like. Um, obviously, with me being on the road as, as, as much as I am in, you know, in California. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we've obviously had some, had some fun text messages and some fun phone calls. But that's, that's about it. Nothing that, nothing that sticks out, I guess. Sorry. Okay. We're gonna have okay, to what? get. We're gonna have to get on some embarrassing stories soon, man. When you come through for OTD we'll make Open, a, like there we go. It's going. It's going crazy. I look forward to it. The subtle message here is that the embarrassing story about Danny's is just not funny. Sorry, everybody. It is. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, now I feel bad. <laughs> uh, I I just think you guys are too classy. That's all right. I should have right. a bad memory, probably. So um, who is who would you say is the funniest pro on tour then? The funniest pro? Yeah, uh, I would definitely say the funniest pro is not Paul Ulibarri. <laughs> well, we all knew that. Hopefully, he held that. I would, um, I would, I would honestly say Yuli's the funniest though. I think we we've been we've been touring now for like the last five days. What I've on, well, basically just laughing the entire time. So, um, yeah, I would I would say I think there's actually a, an Instagram poll going going on right now to see who is the, who is the funniest. I think it might be between Paul and and uh, Jomi in the end, but yeah, I definitely I definitely say Yuli. He's 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 always he's always laughing, always smiling, always making jokes. So 
Yeah. All right. Well, everybody uh, stream watching the stream, go vote for uh, Yuli on that one. Yeah, do it. <laughs> uh, do you do you and Yuli now that you're touring together? Do you guys have like cute little nicknames or pet names for each other? We should. We should. Maybe <laughs> we will now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or I have like a celebrity couple name. <laughs> That's what we need. That's what we need. We should have a fan vote. See what they can do. Yeah. Haterberry. Get a, I'll fund the custom <laughs> license plate on the uh, RV. Oh, that's what we need. That's perfect. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, uh, let's see here. Paul, do you got another one? You got some funsy action? I got a couple others lined up, but I don't want to be selfish here. Well, I, we have a question from the audience. Uh, Ezra, how from, so I don't know if, if anybody out there knows this, but uh, there's an event coming up called the OTB Open. Uh, I assume we're going to see, see you there, uh, contractually, if not out of desire. Do you know about the Monster Par 5, and how long did you ask for it to be? <laughs> um, I actually don't really know a whole lot about the course at all. I know that there was a bunch of foxes that run loose, so I'm excited for that. Um, but I know if, if, if the OTB guys are the ones you know, in, in charge of it, I think it's going to be awesome. So I'm excited to play it, for sure. We've got just a small hand in the layout. I've been in on a little bit of the design, but it's, it's okay. Leonard Muse and the whole SFO crew that are really putting in the work. John Oliva, too, a local guy that we've got here that put in the original Swenson course. But we've got a, a nice makeshift course that we're going to push to make semi-permanent, but it's on a bog off property, and we're borrowing their back nine from the big course. Uh, but there's, yeah, there's some fun shots. We've got some long par fives. I think it's, hopefully it's going to be an enjoyable watch. There's a lot of water that comes into play, especially late. Uh, so yeah, it'll be a good time, but I take zero credit for the layout, especially if nobody likes it. I had nothing to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm assuming you're going to have to win that, right? I mean, that's just how that works. It's actually in my contract. So I I do actually have to. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently I'm fixed and I'm not a robot anymore. Is that the case? Fantastic. Welcome back. Although I was starting to think about how I would live my life kind of robotically and just doesn't fit my personality. So I, uh, I wasn't really digging it too much. Don't put me in a box or anything like that. Jeez. Yeah. I love the box uh, on the screen. (laughs) Unless it's a box on the screen. Yeah. We uh we got a couple other questions that I saw coming in here that Sean Dixon was talking about and he's uh, helping us out in the chat. Uh, so one of them was from Jason Lavoie. Uh, Ezra, do you set goals? Uh, are you a goal setter? And if you are a goal setter, what are some of the biggest goals you've set for yourself in 2021? Yeah. Um, I mean, last season on to all my goals was basically just to play every tournament my best and try to give it my best effort kind of on, on like a every shot basis basically um this season i feel like my game's gotten to a point where my goals have shifted and my goal at every tournament now is to win um so i think i think my skill set's to a point where i actually have a very good opportunity to win any tournament i play if i um, play as well as i expect um so that's just kind of that's kind of my goal i think as far as like overall season I want to win at least one pro tour event or national tour event or major events. Um, obviously there's a lot of good competition and uh, it's not going to be easy, but 
Um, that's that's the main one. I also want to get top eight in uh, in the Pro 12 points for the for the yeah. end of the season. So that's kind of that's kind of motivation for me to give every tournament my best effort, even if I've kind of fallen off after the first round or second round, and I know that winnings maybe not in the in the chips anymore, but. Um, that's something I can kind of think about, try to get myself to play that final round as best as I can to, you know, make sure I get as many points as I can to hopefully get those, get as many buys as I can for that last uh, kind of pro tool finale tournament. I love it. That seems reasonable. So do you have an, another question from, from viewers here? Uh, you know, coming up as you, as you have, you know, you must have, you, you came into disc golf, you said fairly late, but as you came in, you must have been focused on like, I think I, I think you uh, mentioned at some point, like studying different people's forms to, to perfect your own. So who, when you were just getting into disc golf, who were your role models? And for bonus points and extra credit, has, have, that sh have those shifted since you became a pro? Hmm. Um, yeah, when I was, when I first kind of made the switch to disc golf and kind of decided that I wanted to make that my full-time career choice, um, I wanted to have a lot of distance right off the bat. I figured the rest of the game, I could just kind of build off of that. And I wanted to have that strong foundation. Um, so I wanted to kind of get distance to a point where I could body any hole that anybody else can body. I didn't want to have a disadvantage going into any hole on any course. And so distance is kind of the one thing that can hold you back from even having a possibility of bolting a hole. Um, so at that time, I, you know, I figured that that technique was the main thing to increase distance. And so that's what I really put my focus in on. And uh, some of the guys I looked at uh, at the time was about it was about four and a half years ago, uh, I think. And I watched a lot of a lot of videos on um, like Will Shustrick put out some good content that I, I, I studied his form a lot. Paul McBeth, Eagle McMahon, Simon Lazat, Eula um, Berry I watched too. Um, a lot of guys, Drew Gibson was, was one that I watched as well. Um, and I kind of I stuck with most of those guys, um, which I guess are still the guys at the top. So um, I watched a lot of those guys and tried to kind of kind of figure out what they all did in common to kind of figure out what that textbook form should be, and then try to kind of implement those things to my own technique, understanding that I'm still going to have kind of my own individual and unique technique off of that, um, which I think is, is kind of good advice to to people who are trying to get more distance or just get better technique in general is to kind of study other people's form, slow it down and then compare it to their own form and hopefully find some differences and kind of try to match them up. Um, so those are the guys that I, that I looked yeah. But yeah, after I you guess. study what works for them. Yeah, right. Um, and then as, as far as shifted, um, those guys that I, that, that I, I look I look up to now, um, I look up to Paul McBeth's just, you know, his, his, his tournament presence. I really like the way he plays. Um, I played with some rounds with Kayla LaVisca and I, just his positive mentality the entire time is something that I really look up to. Um, so there's definitely guys like that that I've, I've kind of shifted away from the techniques out of it since I feel like there's not as much as I can do on that side. But there's definitely things that um, that I can improve on just on calls. So those those some guys that I look up to for that. Okay, quick follow up question then. You, uh, I, mean, I think a lot of people think that your distance comes from. I mean, you you, you lift. I guess it's obvious, right? Uh, so when you started, how far were you throwing? Um, before I started really walking on technique, I was sub 400, maybe, maybe like 375 uh, on a good pull it was also, yeah, definitely, definitely not, not, you know, elite distance, um, at all. And so well, how, let's see. So that technique has gotten you, what's your, what's your longest throw? Um, if there was no wind on level ground, I can, I can probably get one 600, I would say. 
Okay. So that's 225 feet from technique for those of you listening out there. I mean, you should hit the gym too, but field work, folks. Most, yeah, it's mostly technique. Got a couple more quick questions here. Ezra, I was watching Yuli's live a couple hours ago when nice. you guys were driving. Nice. And uh, I heard you say something, and you said it with like almost shame. And I was like, why is he so shameful he loves the Raptors so much? And uh, <laughs> so my question for you is, if you had to play a chorus, only CTPs, no putting, with one disc, what would you choose, and why is it the ESP Shield Raptor? Um, <laughs> I, it, it would be it would be a raptor, yeah. Um, I, I feel like I it just it's a really good balance for distance and accuracy. You know, you can whip it and it'll hold up to power, but it'll still be accurate. Nice little fade. You can throw it very well for forehands or backhands. It's uh, it's just kind of that go-to that go-to fairway drive that fits so well in my bag. And I have I have different levels of of wear as well. So I have ones that are oval stable and then kind of understable. So I can kind of walk any shot, almost any distance, basically. Um, with the app also yeah definitely would be definitely would be confident with that disc it's my favorite disc in the world i dumped one in a pond last weekend uh and the amazing community hooked me up so got nice. some nice ones now kim kim scott wood shout out gave me a couple of those ones so a uh, big shout out to him it's a good segue though so zach zach one of our good friends uh has a question for you and zach wants to know you just talked about how the Raptor's great because it's versatile. Forehand, backhand, full power, semi-power. You can do so many different things with it. Rate these best to worst for you. Backhand, forehand, you don't have to remember them all. Just maybe tell me what your best and your worst is. Backhand, forehand, distance, accuracy, mental game, putting, physical fitness. Which one of those do you think you struggle with the most maybe would be one that people don't think about the most? Um, I would say I, I struggle. I probably struggle with forehand the most. Um, yeah, maybe forehand or like or just consistent accuracy. Um, consistency is really the main thing. I feel like my game is pretty well-rounded and pretty strong in kind of every area. Um, but I, I, I have a tendency to have some really bad rounds every now and again. So my consistency, my consistency is not quite what it should be. Um, I feel like my mental game is pretty strong. Um, I think my physical fitness is, is pretty pretty good too. Um, but yeah, I'd probably say forehand is the weakest one. I really I really I'm really pretty bad at shaping shots with forehand. There's not a whole lot of of difference that I can do aside from like flat or slight highs off. I have to ante it. It's probably going to come out nose up and uh, not go anywhere. So I think I'll go with forehand as my weakest probably. So we got a lot of people in the chat saying a name that's not Ezra and it's not Danny. Uh, it's a name that you've heard a lot probably as over the last couple of weeks. It's Gannon Burr. So this kid yeah. is 15 years old. And what do you see in him? Do you see like he's got that raw talent? Is he uh, is he going big places? And what impresses you about his game being 15 years old? Uh, I mean, just the ability to, to play as well as he did, um, I think shows a lot of potential. Um, hopefully he can stick with it and, and, and keep pushing and not fall out. Um, if, if, if he can do that, then I think he'll definitely be a force to be reckoned with. Already, obviously, already is. Um, what he got like top top ten at Waco, is that right? So yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's super impressive at any age, and then to be 15 is is yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, I've I've had heard his name um, before from some you know some Midwest people talking about him. Um, so it's really cool to see him kind of you know show up to a Pro Tour event and then play his game and do so well. 
that people want to know about. I'm just rapid firing a couple more because I know you got things to do, like play around tomorrow. I heard you. Why don't you tell everyone what that feature card is again? I heard you say that on the live stream. That's a wicked feature card. Yeah, we got we've got myself. We've got Paulie Liberi, who actually won Belton two years ago, and then we've got Paul Macbeth and Nico LaCastro. So super, super wow. sick. It's gonna be a lot That's of nice. group. Yeah. And where can people watch that live anywhere? Is that post-produced? How can we see it? I'm unfortunately I'm not sure. Um, it is a Pro Tools Civil Series event, so it's possible that it's on the DGN um, network. Um, but it is it is gonna be post-produced as well on YouTube. So that would be sick. That's Excellent. A, a big question in the chat. Everyone loves music. Music's super motivating. We haven't talked about music at all. So what what gets you pumped up, Ezra? What is your go-to? Do you like music before your round? Does music get you pumped up? Uh, and and if so, what is that go-to song, band, genre? Yeah, um, I, I guess I mostly listen to like just like pop, popular music, um, some more like R and B, rappy type stuff. I guess Black Bear has been kind of my go-to uh, artist for a while. Um, I've liked his stuff so. Yeah, definitely go with him. I think I do listen to music before my rounds. Usually, you know, I definitely don't listen during the round, um, but during warm up um, and things like that, I do do like to listen to music for sure. And I think Zach Biberstein, Zach, Zach asked maybe the best question for us to kind of wrap up our interview with you tonight. And that's what can we all do to best support you going forward in 2021? Um, yeah, I mean, just just supporting me on social media is big obviously the you know two old series discs or the you know the roaches on otb things like that help out a ton or just supporting my sponsors in general help supporting otb supporting dishcraft backstage organic script um that's that's huge honestly i mean just seeing comments on youtube it, that supports me in a, in a mental way that that's really helpful so it doesn't necessarily have to be uh mon <clears throat> monetary either um, but yeah, definitely, definitely feel the love and, uh, it's really cool just to see as much support as, uh, as I get. So, yeah. And that, uh, that Ezra Facebook page is starting to grow and get some traction too. That's cool too. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. And Danny, what about you? How can what? you? Oh, sorry, Danny. I was sorry, just going to say, how can you not be, how can you not be an Ezra fan? Like he does all the right thing. His game is super interesting to watch. He's, he's present on social media, all the. All the YouTube content that he's putting out and the videos are are fun or helpful, you know, or a mix of both. It's, it's you're a hard guy to root against. I haven't run into anyone, and maybe it's you know they don't want to tell me, but I haven't run into anyone that's just like oh, I don't like Ezra. And I'm sure everyone here I'm is, sure but stop. if you're not already, follow Ezra on Instagram, Ezra underscore Aderhold. And uh, he is an awesome follow and more so subscribe to him on YouTube. Uh, share the videos. I think that's probably a great way we can support him, build his brand, build his following this year. Those videos are awesome. I heard you say something about a ball golf video. So I'm super yeah, excited to see fun. that. Super excited to see that on the channel. And uh, Mr. Kearns, Mr. Blair, do you guys have any final thoughts before we let Ezra and, and Mr. Corbett take off here? Uh, for me, I just want to say, you know, Danny, I appreciate you coming on. You know, I really appreciate, you know, I can tell talking to you or even just looking at your site, how customer centric you guys are with your business, which is huge. Um, you know, and sponsoring other players and just doing a ton to really support and help grow the sport. So really appreciate you doing that and just being you and coming on here to hang out with us. And, uh, you know, and Ezra, I, 
like I kind of mentioned before, it's it's kind of rare that we have this accessibility to some of the top players in our sport. Um, one thing I've always loved about Paige Pierce is how much she engages people and how kind and how humble she is. And uh, I have a lot of respect for you and appreciate the way you you engage fans, you engage people on social media. Even though you've reached this great level of success, and I know you're not done, there's there's bigger and better out there for you, but you maintain this, this humbleness. Um, I remember I was doing an unboxing video one time, or no, I was doing a live on the course on the Macbeth Pierce page. And I got a notification that you were watching and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I think I think it was with me and Max playing around. I was like, Max, Max, don't mess up. Ezra's watching and he totally beefed a putt. <laughs> and an event not limited to when Ezra is watching for those of you that don't know Max. Yeah, so that's, I just, I really appreciate both of you guys. That's that's it for me. Yeah, thank you guys. It's, it's good to be time. on and we're stoked to, you know, be able to do what we do at at OTB, and I know Ezra's extremely stoked to be able to do what he does out on tour, and we're happy to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank, thank you, you guys. both very much for joining us. You guys are fantastic, as I'm sure everyone, if they didn't know before now, they sure do. Well, thank you guys so much. We're going to take a quick break, come back to me, Kearns, Mr. Blair, to wrap it up. And uh, in that quick time there, we're going to cut to a commercial from Wolfpack Disc Golf. So thank you again, Ezra. Thanks again, Danny. And we'll be right back in just a minute. Thank you guys so much. Ah, you know that sound. That's the sound of grabbing a Wolfpack at the end of a long week. There's nothing better than cracking open a cold uh, wolf? and feeling that buzz. Uh, that's discraft. D discraft buzz. Start to take hold. At the end of a long work day, the end of a long week, reach for us. Wolfpack Discs. We'll be there for you. Welcome back to Circle 3. This is the end of our episode. Thank you so much for joining us today. We had such a great time on our first official episode, and we want to thank our guests, Ezra Aderhold and Danny Corbett, for hanging out, talking some disc golf, and being so open with us. It was so great to talk to the two of you. We hope you had a good time as well. A huge shout-out to our sponsors, Sweet Spot Disc Golf, Wolfpack Discs, and this week's feature sponsor, OTB Discs, only the best discs and only the best sponsors who we could not do this show without. Speaking to people I couldn't do this show without, my amazing co-host, Chris Kearns, and our incredible on-screen announcer, Paul Blair, who will both be back with me live in two weeks for our next episode. In the meantime, make sure to keep up with Circle 3 by following us on Instagram at C-I-R-C-L number three cast. That's at C-I-R-C-L-3-CAST. And make sure to check us out and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. With that, we hope you all have a fantastic week, and we'll see you next time Inside Circle 3.